I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we're talking about W news and rumors. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Today we're talking WNBA news and rumors. Obviously, top of the hour, top of the day, top of the show. <laughs> we got to talk about one of the greatest defenders of all time retiring from the likes of the WNBA. We'll obviously be continuing uh, many other important things in her life. But as it, as it uh, pertains to us, Elena Beard has retired. Just a few of her career highlights. Back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year Award in 2017 and 2018. Five first-team honors, 2007, 2012, 2016, 17, and 18. That's a nice stretch. Four second-team honors in 2015, 2016, 2005, 2006, 2009, and 2014. She was named to the WNBA All-Star team four times, 2005 to 2007 and 2009. Beard averaged 11.3 points in her career, three and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, 1.7 steals per game, while shooting 43.5% from the field. She played in almost 420 games, 419 regular season games, and starting in 402 of them. That is wild. She also made 42 playoff appearances, And, well, she was a player who was all about business. It was always a pleasure to talk to her after games and get insight into so many things. And she was also a player that never wanted the spotlight on her and always deflected any defensive awards or compliments and and regarded them as a team effort and a team thing. And that's obviously what you love to see. Um, Rachel, talk to me about one of the greatest defenders of all time. I would put her up there and argue she might be greater. But uh, it's her and Tamika Catchings. Yeah, I mean, gosh... We could have a whole show just on uh, Elena Beard's career. Um, I'm, I'm really happy for her. And honestly, I'm just thankful that I was able to, you know, really be in a ra- around in a time where I got a chance to watch her career, you know, from, co- from the college game up into, you know, her, her 15 seasons in the WNBA. And I mean, talk about a player of just, you know, a lot of, you know, you know a lot of humility, you know, play, played humbly, didn't, didn't cause a huge scene. She just came to work and did her job, like you said, an extre- extreme professional, true competitor, WNBA champion. I mean, anybody who embraces the, the defensive end of the floor and, and has that chip on her shoulder the way she did throughout her career and, and, and honestly, like, overcame a ton of adversity. Uh, had to sit out those two seasons in between her time with the Washington Mystics and the LA Sparks overcoming ankle and foot injuries that could have potentially been career-ending. So... I mean, just just an incredible player, you know, to be able to have witnessed throughout her career and and so happy for her. And honestly, like, I'm a little bit bummed out because she was just one of those players that, you know, when you saw Elena Beard on the court, it was like, it was like you just, it it drew you in that much more, you know, the way she played um, on that end of the floor and really, really both ends of the floor, just her, her toughness and what she brought um, is such a backbone to, to, you know, LA Sparks, the most re- recent years in particular, but happy for her for sure. But, but, but selfishly, um, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss her. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, like 
she is that type of player who is the one of the reasons why I love the WNBA because you saw her giving 110% every second she was out there. She played intense defense and worked her behind off on offense. Uh, a little stat that I forgot to include running down her accolades was a nine-time all-defensive team selection. Yeah. Nine times. Like, that says a lot. And honestly, uh, a player like her is a player who you look at her all-star nominations and you kind of go, yeah, well, that's because people don't vote based on defense, which is kind of <laughs> messed up. But, you know, that that's just what it is. But I completely agree with you. Like, I mean, you always got excited when you would see her play. And I think this is going to have a huge effect um, on the LA Sparks. I mean, even later, like, again, we're talking about her getting in 27, the defensive player of the year award in 2017 and 2018. Like, that's the tail end of her career. And that just shows you what type of player she was and the intensity that she brought. And it, it's got to be a blow. I mean, I'm sure LA knew about this, um, but it's got to be a blow because you're talking about someone who not only was a defensive icon, but also someone who could help educate mm -hmm. the other players on her team. I know, you know, uh, TRP, Tierra Ruffin Pratt, constantly spoke about it this past season about how Beard would guide her and kind of educate her and help her become a top defensive player. Um, and so it's it's got to be, you know, for, for the bench coaching, as I like to call it, and just from the state of having her as a player, it's, it's a blow to the team. It is, but you know, I wish her. I wish her nothing but the best in, in the next chapter of her career and being a mom and and all those exciting things. I'm I'm just excited to see what's next for her. Wish her the best. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it's interesting. Um, everybody knows that the great one of the greatest rivalries in WNBA history has got to be the LA Sparks and the Minnesota Lynx. Um, so in classic WNBA Lynx Sparks fashion, no big day with LA Sparks news could go on without a big day in Minnesota Lynx news also. <laughs> and props to to one of the goats in WNBA history, Maya Moore. I don't know if she specifically timed it this way, knowing her, she probably didn't, but in my, you know, fantasy world, she a hundred percent was like, I'm gonna wait for Elena Beard to retire for me to make my announcement. Um Obviously, that's in jest, but Maya Moore announced yesterday on the New York uh, through the New York Times that she'll be sitting out another year. Um, let me read a few quotes, and then we'll get into it. Maya said, I'm in a really good place right now with my life, and I don't want to change anything, she told the Times in a telephone interview this past week. Basketball has been my foremost in my mind, and I don't feel like it is the right time for me to retire. Retirement is something that is a big deal, and there is a right way to do it well, and this is not the time for me. Now, as we all know, Moore was the Rookie of the Year in 2011, League MVP in 2014, a five-time All-Star, has a career average of 18.4 points, 5.9 rebounds, 3.3 3 assists per game. Um, and frankly, the Lynx have done a, a relatively, like, I, I'm always torn about this. Yes, the Lynx have done a great job of rebuilding, considering you lost Brunson, Whalen, and Moore all in one fell swoop. Um, and Simone's, you know, knees are on their last days. And so Sill is kind of the only one left of the golden days, and it's been a huge blow. But I, I, I do strongly think that Cheryl Reeve has done a great job of, you know, formulating this team and making up for it. Obviously, you lose those players. There's no way you're going to be at that same level, and it's going to take a few, a few years, if not more, to get back to that level. So 
you know, I, I think there's obviously going to be a blowback for me to say that Lynx have done a great job of rebuilding, but I truly feel like they have um, and gotten a lot of nice pieces together. And it's going to take a little bit of time to rebuild the culture that they have. That being said, let's talk about those quotes and, and what they say to you, Rachel. I mean, I, I know both of us feel like she's never coming back, but but what do those quotes change your mind? Do they kind of make you think that more? What what are your thoughts? You know, it's interesting because I had several people, you know, ask me, you know, are you are you surprised by this? And I I think, you know, when you when you're involved in the WNBA and as much as, you know, we are and, and the fans are that, that we are working with day in and day out, I feel like this isn't that big of a surprise. You know, it was obviously a, a big big news when she first announced it prior to 2019. But the fact that, you know, we're here and, and um, she's going to sit out another season, like I, I wasn't too incredibly surprised. I felt like, you know, this time away for her um, in the criminal justice reform and, and Jonathan Irons helping him out with his case is, is something that's far greater than just one season. I think the part that I might've been a little bit, well, maybe like put an asterisk with it would have been the Olympics. Um, but just the way the rosters have trended you know, the last couple of months and, 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 and the moves that Team USA is making as they prepare for their 2020 uh, gold medal run in Tokyo, you know, you got the vibe that Maya Moore was not going to be a part of that. So, I mean, overall, not surprised by this. Um, I mean, I'm very happy for Maya Moore. I, I think anyone who can stand in their truth um, and, and follow the path in which they feel they are supposed to be on at any given time is sometimes not easy. And um, everybody has an opinion as to what they think is best. But at the end of the day, this is her life, man. You know, and I, and I really respect her um, staying true to what it is she needs right now. Um, I think the part that that kind of, I don't know, not, I don't know if it surprised me, uh, but, you know, she talked about the retirement um, and returning and those types of things. And she wasn't willing to say, you know, um, she, she left the door open for her to come back whenever that might be. You know, she wasn't willing to say, she was a little more tight-lipped with that. Um, after 2019, when she first came out and announced this time away. So, you know, she, she left the door open and she, she didn't allude to, well, yeah, I, I may not come back or anything like that. You know, she, she, every hint in those quotes, everything she spoke of makes you feel like she will return someday. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you feel the same way? I see. I don't know. Um, I'm very torn one because, uh, as we know, in a interview earlier, um, like, you know, one of the, she, she's very been, like you said, very tight lipped about even speaking about any of this. And so has Link's organization. Um, one thing that stuck out was in like the last interview where she even touched on this, she said something to the effect, I'm not going to quote her exactly, but she hasn't touched the ball or trained since the end of the season, uh, that she last played in. And that was a huge thing for me, for me, like I, there's part of me that says she is an elite athlete, like training probably means one thing to her that does that means something completely different to you and I no offense to you I know you're an elite athlete also <laughs> no offense you're not on my more level um but um so so for me it was like okay you know when she says that what does she mean that's kind of you know a little bit shady it's not super shady but um you know it, it, it was it was a little bit uh unique and speaking of unique she had another quote in this New York Times article where she said I've had such unique experience in the game. I got to experience the best of my craft, and I did that multiple times. There is nothing more I wish I could experience. So for me, it's almost like the drive yeah. is gone to a degree, and and now she has this drive for something else, and almost, okay, 
if she accomplishes what her goal is with Jonathan, with criminal justice reform, could that possibly light a fire for her to move on to something else? Um, and that possibly could be coming back to the league. Me personally, I don't see her ever coming back um, for a few reasons. One, I think that after a certain point of being out of the league, like this isn't the WNBA of its beginning stages where you have players who, you know, haven't played in a while. This isn't in the NFL when you have like a punter who's been, you know, laying tile at Home Depot for the past five months and like punting in his backyard can come back and do this. Like if Maya Moore is going to come back to the W, she's going to do it in a sense of knowing she can perform at a top level that she holds herself to. Um, That being said, I also just kind of get the sense from the quotes that like she essentially is retiring, but doesn't want to close that book. And she doesn't want to be the type of person to be like, I'm retiring. And then a little bit later be like, no, I'm not. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I I feel like not to interrupt you, but I I feel like we feel like sometimes we have to have a definitive answer right this moment. And I was with you, you know, prior to. Um, reading the actual quotes, I really felt like, you know, they're, they're, she's, she's not coming back. She's not coming back. But after reading it, and, you know, you really think about this, and, and she's saying, I'm in a really good place in my life right now. Um, she didn't know where she was going to be a year after she made this announcement. So much can happen in the next six months to a year. And and is, is it fair to say that maybe at this point, Maya Moore doesn't even know what she's going to do a year from now, you know? And I think, not to speak for her, but that's kind of more of the vibe I get is kind of living this day by day, living in this truth of what she feels she needs to do, leaving the book for the potential of a return, because let's be honest, she's one of the greatest in the world. She could do that. And, and stepping away and not touching a basketball for a couple of years is completely okay. Um, that sounds crazy coming from a former coach and someone who did it, but, but there's a, there's a certain mental health aspect to this of stepping away from something for a while. And we've seen players do it before. So I think my stance on this from here on out where I, I have kind of said, yeah, I don't think she's going to come back. I'm, I'm going to stop saying that because I, I don't, I don't know if Maya actually knows what's going to happen a year from now, you know, as we're talking about the 2021 season, I think that's ever changing and ever evolving. And she talks about her faith a lot and, and in her mind, you know, let, letting God kind of direct her in, in that way. It might be fair to say that, you know, she, she doesn't know what's going to happen a year from now. No, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, as, as a WNBA fan, I hope to God <laughs> that God just like, creates a cloud that is shaped like a basketball going in the hoop. And she sees that as a sign to come back. Cause I think the W is a better league with Maya Moore in it. That being said, I completely, completely agree with everything you're saying. The other ridiculous side of me is we all know I'm a ridiculous person. The other ridiculous <laughs> side of me, um, you know, sees the connection of her and Jordan brand and can't help but think of her and Michael Jordan. And I almost want her to retire even though she doesn't know just so she can come out of retirement and just dominate the league uh, <laughs> like we have seen people do, i.e. Michael Jordan. But again, that's the ridiculousness in me. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously for uh, Beard and more, we, we wish them all the success in all their future endeavors. They have, you know, paid their dues as it was uh, and given us some of the most entertaining and exciting moments of our lives and all we can do is thank them for what they have done and uh wish them the best for what they continue to do well good job yeah <laughs> oh thanks thanks rachel never says that uh but let, let's move on to a little bit uh, another fun aspect of this episode WNBA rumors you know let's talk about a little uh a few things we're we're right in the the free agency period 
right in the time where teams are making qualified qualifying offers uh, to reserve players and a plethora of other people are negotiating uh, in a variety of different ways. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, obviously, follow us on Twitter, follow us on our website where we've been breaking it down with our free agency tracker and doing all of that because I'm not afraid of a shameless <laughs> plug. Let's talk about first on the list, Duana Bonner. Uh, in my opinion, the biggest name and the best free agent um, in free agency. And Duana Bonner, um, to me, I, I've said this before, it might be a hot take considering the roster that she's been on. For the past two years, in my mind, she's been the best player on the Phoenix Mercury roster. I know that's a hot take because you have, uh, you know, you got Brittany Griner, you got uh, Diana Taurasi. You got a few other players who I think most people would just say, yeah, she's better than. But to me, Duana Bonner is just a ridiculously talented, good player. Word on the street, rumor. Again, these are rumors, people. When when we go live with sources are telling us, that means somebody close to the matter, someone with knowledge of the matter. These are rumors that we are hearing in discussions with people who have some knowledge of certain areas, but, you know, it's... Uh, it's like broken telephone that we're playing right now when we're talking about rumors. We're not talking about we heard it from Bonner that she's going to do this. If we heard that, we'd be publishing that news. Um, but rumor is she wants to stay in Phoenix. And from my estimates, they can max her out with the new CBA and she can cash in. Um, it's interesting, though, because that's a view from is she happy in Phoenix, which I my understanding is she is. And you know, they're going to be able to pay her a max deal, most likely. But that doesn't bring in, you know, the typical um, view when we talk about free agency and rumors and whatnot uh, in most leagues is money, are they happy, mm -hmm. and championships. So that checks off two of them, but championships. Obviously, Phoenix is going to be a contender to some degree, just based off of who their roster is and having Sandy Brandello. But... I think there's a fair argument to be made that the style of play and, you know, I have consistently said that Sandy is an underrated coach and doesn't get the respect of other coaches who have won championships and who have consistently been there. And I think that has to do with a lot with her roster, but I will say last year I was a little disappointed um, just for the fact of, I think so much of their system is built around Tarasi that when Tarasi was out, they weren't able to shift to a new system. Um, and, also, I have concerns about Bonner and BG playing together because, to me, uh, Bonner just needs a ton of space and just yeah. let her work, uh, just just let her do stuff, kind of like you do with Candace Parker or with your fave, Elena Deladon. Um, talk to me about Bonner and kind of just championship aspiration aspect of it, Rachel. Yeah, I agree with your point about Phoenix and, and last year being a bit of a disappointment. I mean, you know, this is a roster that it feels like has been together for quite some time now. Um, and you're you're kind of wondering, like, is it, is it time to kind of switch some things up and make some drastic changes? Um, are you trying to breathe new life in it, you know, with some moves um, this off season? I, you know, you kind of get that vibe, but at the end of the day, you know, there were some injuries. Tarazi was never really present last year in terms of her ability to be on the court. Um, BG play, really picked it up towards the end of the year. Dwana Bonner started the year out as one of the top players in the league in terms of her ability to score. So, I mean, I, I would be shocked um, if she didn't return to Phoenix. I, I really would. I, And that's not – I'm just going off my gut feeling and just kind of the vibe with it. 
Um, I, I think, she, like you said, she seems incredibly happy there to me. Um, and, and that's a place where she's able to play the style that she, she's wanting to play. So, I mean, if I were a betting woman, I, I, I would think that she would, like you said, um, remain in Phoenix, get, get signed to that max deal and, and, you know, continue to kind of build with this core of players and tremendous players, all stars that they have on this team. Um, but I, I, I do question, uh, the Mercury roster, you know, the next couple of years moving forward and, and them being able to compete for a title, not, not because of any age or anything. I mean, yeah, Tarazi's at the tail end of her career and you do feel like there needs to be um, a roster change, but I think there's a couple teams that have been like that. You know, we, we could look at LA right now and kind of feel like, eh, okay, this is kind of been together for, they've been been together for a while. You got some players who, you know, might be reaching the tail end of their careers. Like, like what, what's that going to look like? It's kind of like how Minnesota was looking, you know, th- those final couple years before, you know, everybody started retiring. And so um, I, I, I don't see her leaving and going anywhere. I, I mean, not to say that's not possible. It totally is. I mean, I'm sure there are <laughs> countless teams in this league who would love to have Dewana Bonner on their roster. Uh, but just with the, the makeup of this and, and what it's going to take to get her, I feel like that'll be extremely tough. I, I see her returning to Phoenix, if I had to guess at this point. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. But in a fantasy world, I think, you know, her going to a few other teams, like, could you imagine, you know, her on Minnesota, her on, Dallas. honestly, Dallas, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. her. Okay, this is kind of ridiculous, but her on New York paired with Charles, I think, would just be ridiculous. And, tr- like, there's just – she could literally fit on to – she is – so good she could fit onto almost any team obviously you know put her on there's i guess we should talk about this there are rumors that uh, emma meeseman might not return this season due to olympics and national team commitments uh obviously have not heard anything about that but we are working on getting coach t on the podcast and you know we're gonna point blank ask him but uh you know there's very few teams that i wouldn't want to see her on because i feel like it wouldn't maximize uh, her skill set. So obviously, I would just, I, I, you know, the the guy in me who who plays two K and NBA Live and all these different games, and you do like these fantasy drafts or whatever, and you get all these like all star rosters. That's the t- that's the person in me who's like, man, I wish I could see her on another team. But end of the day, I agree with you. My my gut saying she stays mm-hmm. in Phoenix. Um, talking about another big free agent, Angel McCautry. Um, rumor is she's going to see a new team, uh, even though. From our understanding, they are able to core her one more time. But my understanding, or not my understanding, rumor is that she's going to see a new team. And as the rumors go, there's been a lot of talk. Um, L.A. and New York now are on the shortlist. Now, why do I say those? Well, first of all, I think you have to be crazy to not consider L.A. on a lot of these shortlists for free agents. Because, A, they already have a star-studded roster. And, Yes, all the like the big name players know each other and obviously they have their own relationships, but you know that a lot of these players have been around and played with each other, you know, with national team commitments overseas and just been around each other and in the league for a long time. So also, you know, pair that with the fact that it's LA and there's so many opportunities there for players to get paid outside of the WNBA and get other job opportunities. We saw Essence Carson uh, get like working with a record label. We've seen Candace Parker work for TNT or wherever she's working now. Um, we've seen a plethora of stuff like that. And LA is just a huge market. And I think the same for New York. 
Also, New York has this new ownership, this new arena um, that they're going to be playing in and uh, probably tapping into a new fan base. So I got to think that both of them are definitely up there and they both uh, need more scoring. I mean, who doesn't need more <laughs> scoring? Any thoughts on Angel, Rachel? Well, I just think like you had a great point about um, some of these players, um, you know, hitting the tail end of their career and kind of what's next after basketball. Um, and I think we could look at that Atlanta, Atlanta dream roster. Um, and, and, and after what happened last year, get the notion that you might have a few key players on that roster towards the tail end of their career, who, whose minds might be elsewhere outside of, um, you know, focusing on just playing in the WNBA. Um, so I, I, one, I think, and you know, that, that, that would absolutely make complete sense for Angel to want to be at a new place, to mix it up, get to get a final, you know, few good years in there at, at a different spot. Um, I would not be surprised to see her, you know, with, with a different team, everything that we've seen, you know, from the season to her walking out on the court and the, some of the, the things she's posted, you know, it definitely leads to that. Uh, but I, on the flip side of that, I, I really feel like the Atlanta dream is a roster that we could really see get blown up after last year. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's kind of a bit of an unknown and I could see head coach Nikki Collin making some really aggressive moves uh, this off season to kind of switch it up. Um, Angel being a part of that. So that, that for me, if I had to look at one team um, in terms of what they're doing with their roster and how they're going to build it headed into 2020, Atlanta has my full attention because I could see some big time changes going there. And obviously at the forefront of that is Angel. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, and it's also, I, I rarely say this because, you know, I, you always have to kind of toy between or like hop between it's a business. And I, I think, you know, sometimes in the W because it's not as big as a variety of other leagues, as far as attention on it, that maybe a little less often uh, people understand that this is a business and it needs to be treated as so, but there's also the player side of it. And I feel like Angel has paid her dues in Atlanta and it's time to let her see what she can do elsewhere. Well, and I think sometimes it's, it's, you know, really refreshing to, to just have a, a new experience. You know, she, she has had such a great career there in Atlanta and such a tremendous time and what she's been able to do in that, in that city. Um, sometimes you kind of just need that in your career, especially coming off of an injury. You know, you, you feel like you're getting a fresh start somewhere else. It can really rejuvenate someone and it can really rejuvenate their career. Um, so I'm, I'm, that's one of the, the highest ones on my list in terms of what could happen. And honestly, I'm just excited that she's back. I'm, I'm excited that she's going to be playing with team USA in Louisville at the beginning of February, um, kind of for that, that final collegiate matchup with team USA. So, um, just, just really excited overall for, for her career. Um, and the fact that, you know, hopefully we get a few, few good years left of watching her because she's she's like I mean we can all agree she's one of the most dynamic players the league's ever seen she's so entertaining to watch and if anybody follows Louisville basketball on social media you definitely should go watch the video that they did kind of hyping up her coming back um and you know playing around with the team USA thing it was hilarious and so accurate um moving forward uh to my state of origin the Minnesota Lynx are on the prowl, and Minnesota Lynx fans will get that pun. Prowl, their mascot name. Uh, they're on the prowl for a guard. Um, that's a rumor that I keep hearing. And we know D-Rob is a free agent, so let's be prepared for some big Lynx free agency movement. We've seen yeah. Cheryl Reeve do it before. We've seen her, honestly, 
you know, when she had those starting five, it was much more small little moves. I don't want to call them pawn moves, uh, but small moves to kind of secure and solidify the bench. But now what I saw over the past two years or the past year um, is Reeve really build up a stockpile of players that, in my opinion, have a lot of talent and have a lot of specific skill sets that are useful to a variety of teams throughout the league and kind of gives her a lot of trade power. Um, so I'm excited to see what she's going to do. You know, she's, you know, I, I'm not going to quote her on this or anything, but if I'm Cheryl Reeve, I'm a little pissed about how the last two seasons have kind of ended. And she's made it very clear that to her, the the benchmark of a dynasty is is 20 years. They've gone through the first 10. Now they're looking at the next 10 how they can recreate or create their new dynasty um, and continue it for 10 more. And that's kind of going to, going to kind of be the key there. Any, any thoughts on the links? Uh, all I can say is just be prepared for some big links. movement. I, I really feel like that's a, that's a place that, you know, everyone should keep their eyes on. Um, I, I think we're going to have some exciting uh, news coming down the pike when it comes to uh, Minnesota links the next couple months. Nice. And obviously we can't talk about links without talking about the Sparks. <laughs> um, a lot of talk, you know, Sparks don't have a GM right now. And rightfully so, there should be a little bit of a, a little bit of attention put to that. Not a little bit, a good amount of attention. You know, the, the key positions uh, for a team are GM, PR and coaches. Um, and currently the Sparks don't have a GM. Now, with that in mind, I do want to say um, rumor has it that or as Brady Klopfer has reported, uh, Michael Fisher has been running ship, kind of, as we've all seen, if you've been following us on social media, that the Sparks have been making moves during this free agency period and during the offseason. So with that being understood, uh, I, I, I think there is some attention that needs to be put that, like, honestly, he's, in my opinion, deserved a shot at this. And, and I say that because... Not because, you know, I know him personally. Yeah, I've met him a few times or whatever. But the guy's been around for so long and has worked so closely with Penny. A lot of people told me after Penny left that he was kind of driving the ship even with Penny around and doing a lot of the of the legwork and the, and the muscle work. Um, and he's somebody who, honestly, look, if you want to talk realistically, someone who's been around for like 20 years um, at an assistant GM position deserves a shot at GM at the end of the day. You know, you can disagree with uh, uh, like some moves he's made. And yes, I think there are some question marks as far as this roster and competing with the modern WNBA game. But there's also something to be said about how they've kind of stockpiled overseas players and star talent. Um, yeah. Thoughts on L.A.? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, I'm just a little bit surprised that we're we're here. Um, January 23rd is when we're recording and, and we still don't really have much news about this. And honestly, not a lot of people are talking about it. Um, I, I keep talking about it because I don't, I'm not real sure why I just, I'm fascinated with the whole situation. I, I don't really understand why nothing's in place at this, at this point in the game, but I do feel, you know, Michael Fisher, I, I do know, and I, I know he is one of the most tireless workers, um, in the WNBA, you know, he, the, the, the guy has, has, has a plethora of experience. He's won championships. He's, you know, he, he's been around since the huge Houston Comet days. Um, in terms of his level of experience. And so, you know, you, maybe they're not in a huge rush to bring in a different name because he is running the ship and, and things are functioning. Um, it's just been quiet, you know, and, and I'm anxious to see the moves uh, that they make, because I think this move is really going to tell us 
um, the direction in which, you know, they, they see this franchise moving forward. I, I, I agree that Michael Fisher deserves a shot. Uh, but you know, when, when you just fired Penny Toller and you have a guide so directly related to her, you have to ask the question, well, you know, do we, do we continue down the, the, the tree of, of Penny Tola era, or do we completely switch things up and go in a different direction and bring something completely different in here? And that's, to me, that that's the telling part of this. Um, you know, do, do you keep kind of that, that longevity that, that the, the Sparks have had for such a long time and, and quote unquote, maybe the, the safe hire, if you will, and being Michael Fisher, or do you go in a completely different direction um, in terms of being aggressive and, um, knowing that this roster is going to be turned over and make, have some great changes here in the next five years. So I'm fascinated with it because not only is it the LA Sparks, <laughs> um, everybody wants to be there. It's, it's, you know, one of the most premier teams franchises in the league. Um, and I'm just, you know, a little bit perplexed as to what, what the holdup is. Uh, but that to me speaks to uh, the credibility and the experience of Michael Fisher and his ability to run the ship. So I I'm torn. I, I can't sit here and say <laughs> if I was a betting woman, I would guess this. I, I honestly have no idea which direction they're going to go. I could see it going with Fisher. I could see them bringing in someone completely um, out of the blue that, that no one's really thought about. So uh, I just, you know, that that's just something I've got my, my attention that has my attention greatly right now, because it, it's just, it's going to play a role with this franchise moving forward in every aspect. Yeah. And you know, like, look, we, we talk about players having kind of a ripple effect or a domino effect throughout the league. GMs are like a giant domino. Um, so just think about it that way. Uh, the last uh, rumor, I guess, not even really, um, but just something that I know people have been reaching out to you asking about, the fans have been asking about, and I see it constantly all over uh, the blogosphere and in different fandoms. Rebecca Brunson, uh, if you follow Cheryl Reeves' podcast, um, I believe her quote exactly was, I think it's time for the fans to read the writing on the wall um, that essentially Rebecca will not be coming back to play. She's been working with FSN North, uh, covering and reporting and announcing for uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And a lot of people have been asking, what do we know about her? What do we know about her? Is she going to, you know, and and I think, you know, Reeve made it clear that uh, they are looking for an all-female staff uh, with the, uh, the adaptation in the new CBA that states you can have another, an extra, a third full-time assistant coach and if it's a player or a for sorry a former player i would love to see a player coach uh combo but if it's a former player that they're able to sit on the bench yep. um so there's been a lot of talk about that everyone knows brunson everyone knows how much of a hard worker and a studious player she was so i think there's been a lot of rumors about will she be coming back to minnesota as a coach will she not will she not um so i just wanted to put that out there but quickly rachel I would like your insight as a former coach, a former player. Talk to me about this adaptation in the in the new CBA, allowing for a third coach and for that coach possibly to travel and sit with the team. What is what does that mean to you know everyday fans, everyday you know uh, people who watch the league might not understand why you know they might see that as a footnote that doesn't mean anything. What does that mean to you? It's huge. I mean, this that's one of my favorite parts of this new CBA. One, that we need to have more assistant coaches in the WNBA. You know, they're right now with, with two and, and it, it can get difficult and you're, you're shape-shifting positions and video coordinators and all these different titles. Um, coaches 
need more than than two assistant coaches. Um, and then I think it benefits the women's basketball coaching tree. You know, we talk about we need more women coaches. We we need more former players out here coaching. And and this is a great way for a player who it gets done with their career. And and this is a very I, I'll get this is a whole other tangent I won't even get on. But when a player is done with their career. And they've played, you know, however many years, 15, however many years, and, and, and you're, 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 you're in your late 30s and you're trying to figure out kind of what's next, that can be a really crazy, difficult time to kind of figure out what, what, what is next for me, um, what, what comes next after basketball. Coaching has always been, for, for, at the collegiate level, professional level, a great avenue, um, a natural transition for a lot of great players to get into that coaching world. And so I love this rule. I think it's only going to enhance um, the fandom, it's only going to enhance uh, the, the professionalism in terms of developing young coaches, continuing to develop the next generation of great coaches in our game. Uh, but at, you know, at the most important level, you know, people who've been there and done it as a player, women who have been there and done it as a player, you know, we need more women's coaches. <laughs> so this is a great way to bring some of the best, most talented women in the world and get them into that, that next phase, um, whether, whether their career remains in the WNBA ranks or, you know, overseas coaching or collegiate coaching, whatever that might be, it's, it's creating more opportunities to, um, you know, breed the next generation of coaches. And I think that's phenomenal. I'm very excited about it. Um, should have been implemented a long time ago. All right. Well, you heard it here, <laughs> not first, but you, you heard an explanation that I think a lot of people have uh, lacked an understanding of. And I, and I appreciate that Rachel, as always, and as always, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receives on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community. Help support us in the hard work that we do.